and standing. This morning, I would like to invite you to turn your Bibles together with me to the book of Psalm 139, our first scripture reading from the Old Testament, Psalm 139, verse 1 to 4. These four verses in Psalm 139, they speak to us about God's omniscience, God knowing everything about our heart, about who we are, and what we are actually thinking even right now. So hear the word of God. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. Now turn to the Gospel of John chapter 1. As we continue making our way through the Gospel of John, this morning we are going to dwell in chapter 1, beginning from verse 43 to 50. Verse 43 to 50. The next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite, indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him before Philip called, called you when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. Jesus answered him, Because I say to you, I saw you under the victory. Do you believe? You will see greater things than this. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, You will see heaven opened and the angels, the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we now come to the preaching and exposition of your word, we ask you, Lord, to use the authority of your word to rule in our hearts, to use the ministry of the Holy Spirit to 
Use the preaching of your word to conform us to the likeness of Jesus Christ and to cause our hearts to make the greatest aim of our life and our commitment this morning to be your glory. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. You may be seated. As most of you would remember, there are two kinds of call in the scripture. The first kind of call is the kind of call that we always call the general call. The general call is the general presentation of the gospel to all people. The general call of the gospel doesn't discriminate among peoples. The gospel is presented to all people from all nations and tribes and languages. But we also have this call that is known to us as the effectual call of the gospel. And the effectual call of the gospel is a special call which comes from God the Father through the power of the Holy Spirit. And it is limited to the beginning of the application of redemption to the soul of a sinner. This powerful call starts the process of salvation. In John 5:25, Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. That's a factual calling. Sometimes we think this verse, this statement that Jesus made uh, strictly speaks about the second coming, but this is about the preaching of the gospel, the presentation of the gospel to those who are dead in their sins and transgressions. When they hear the gospel, they will be saved. That's effectual calling. But you also need to know that before anyone becomes the partaker of the effectual calling for salvation, God's sovereign drawing of a sinner to salvation, Jesus first has to find the sinner who must hear the call of the gospel and be saved. Before the presentation of the gospel comes the finding of that sinner. Jesus himself, through the preaching of the gospel, through your testimonies, finding that sinner who must hear and be saved. To put it in a different way, in the call of Jesus for salvation, there is first the move, the action of Jesus to find the sinner in his or her spiritual deadness. That's exactly what we see in our text this morning. Our Lord Jesus Christ himself finding Philip and calling him for salvation. 
This is the important life lesson, my friends, that we all learned from our text this morning. And the lesson is this. Keep this in mind as we hear the word preached this morning. Jesus is the one who finds lost sinners. Jesus is the one who sees every heart. And Jesus is the one who mediates, mediates between God and sinners. And I want us to unfold this in three ways this morning. I want to remind you this morning and tell you, in the call of Jesus for salvation, we see Jesus finding those who will follow him. You will see that in verse 43 and 44. And in the call of Jesus for salvation, we, we see Jesus uh, seeing every heart, the heart of those who must hear the message of the gospel and follow him, 45 to 48. And then in the call of the gospel by Jesus for salvation, we see Jesus mediates between God and sinners. And you see that in verses 48 to 50. So first we see Jesus finding those who will follow him. Listen to what John tells us in verse 43. The next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. I hope those of you who have been following our series through the Gospel of John remembers where we are in the Gospel of John. John the Baptist passed on the torch of the work of God's kingdom to Jesus. You remember he told his disciples, his own disciples, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Go to him. My ministry is completed. It is done. Whom you need now is Jesus, not John, John the Baptist. Go to him. So even his own disciples left him. They left John the Baptist. They left his ministry and they went to Jesus. And one of them was Andrew, who heard Jesus calling him, and he uh, followed him. And Andrew brought his own brother Peter to Jesus. That's how the church in the New Testament began. It was a small beginning, but it began by the power of the gospel. Then his two disciples, after he, his two disciples left him, the kingdom grew. Even in our text this morning, we see Jesus in the business of seeking and saving the lost. That's why he came, remember. He came not to heal physical disease. He came not to comfort those who mourn over their loss. He does all those things. But the ultimate purpose why Jesus came was to seek to find the lost sinner and save them. Notice verse 43. He found Philip. It doesn't say Philip found Jesus. It says Jesus found Philip. There were many other people in Israel that Jesus passed by, uh, whom Jesus met. But our text says, he found 
Philip. He had a special purpose for finding Philip. And what was the purpose? To call him in order to follow him. This was the, what? The factual call of the gospel. The special call of the gospel. Out of all the people in Israel, Jesus found Philip. Out of all these people in the world, Jesus found you. It was Jesus who took the initiative to find Philip. You see, in Jesus' time, people would choose a rabbi, a religious teacher. You know, the rabbi doesn't come to anyone to recruit them as his students. People would come to the rabbi, choose the rabbi, apply. You know, ask the rabbi, take me on. Make me one of your disciples. Make me one of your uh, uh, followers. Now Jesus turns this around and he takes the initiative to find a student, to find a disciple for the purpose of salvation. You see what Jesus is doing? This is the wonder of grace, saving grace. It came to us. We didn't go to the saving grace. We didn't go to Jesus. We didn't find Jesus first. He found us first. Now Jesus turns that around, you see, and he finds Philip. Pay your full attention to how Paul shows us the reality of this truth. In Galatians 3.23, Paul said, Now, before faith came, we were held captive under the law, condemned by the law because of our sin, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. Listen carefully here. When faith came to you, Jesus came to you. When Jesus came to you into your life, faith came into your life as a gift from God. That's what Paul is saying here. Before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. What is this coming faith? Jesus coming into your life, into my life, into the life of other believers. To call them to follow him for salvation. Philip heard the word of Christ when Jesus came to him. Jesus found him. What the word he what is the word he heard? Philip, follow me. That's what Philip heard. He heard Jesus saying to him, Philip, follow me. And he, Philip, heard this call from who? From Jesus. And who is Jesus? Jesus is the one, um, through him, all things were made. Jesus is the creator in John chapter 1. Through him, all were made. Nothing was made outside of his uh, sovereign creating power. In him was life. The word that he spoke to Philip also created a new spiritual life. Faith in Philip's life. 
Imagine if Jesus created the universe, if Jesus caused everything that exists into existence. Do you think Jesus is unable to create new spiritual life in dead sinner, in the life of a dead sinner? That's why he came to Philip. Philip was a sinner. He was a spiritually dead sinner. And when Jesus came to him, he heard the word of the Creator, the word of the Redeemer, the word of the King. That's how Jesus found Philip, the sinner. That's how he found you. John 15, 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you, that you should bear fruit and your fruit should abide. I chose you. It was I who took the first initiative to call you to salvation, not you. You didn't find me. You didn't come to me. I found you. I came to you. And who was this Philip whom Jesus found? Who was Philip? Listen to John. The next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Isn't that amazing? Why is Bethsaida mentioned here? Bethsaida and Chorazin, the two cities in the New Testament, were the two cities in Israel that those cities were under God's wrath, under God's condemnation. Full of sin and wickedness, and you remember what Jesus said about those cities in Matthew eleven twenty one. 21. Woe to you, Chorazin. Uh, Woe to you, Bethsaida. If, if the mighty works in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, it would be more bearable on the day of judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you, Bethsaida. But Philip is from Bethsaida. And Jesus is saving him. The one from Bethsaida. A city that was condemned by God. A city that was under God's wrath. Jesus is saving someone from that city. Jesus is saving people from America. Jesus is saving people from this world that is full of darkness and sin. Grace is saving people, even now. Isn't that the wonder of God's grace? You were not better than Philip. I was not better than Philip. But Jesus found us. I mean, think about your own nation right now. We're in America. Think about America. Where is America now spiritually? And yet Jesus is finding sinners in America. He's saving them. He's gathering his elect to be perfected in his church through the means of grace. Beloved, Philip comes from that city. And yet Jesus found him. Look, 19.10, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That's why I came. 
wherever the, the, the elect sinner is, wherever the, my people are, I'll find them. You remember the song that, uh, you know, I, I, I'm sure all of us love this song. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Even the singer, you see, he didn't say, but now I found him. But now I'm found. I'm, I, I'm found. He found me. He found me in my most desperate spiritual condition. While I was dead in my sins and transgressions, Jesus came and he found me. But listen, he found you to bear fruit. He found you to follow him. He found you to do his will. Not your will, but his will. Then notice what followed in verse 45. Philip goes to his brother, Nathanael, and tell him about Jesus. And what did we learn last Sunday, my friends? Our salvation entails, our salvation involves believing, following, and sharing. You remember those three elements of your salvation? That's exactly what Philip is doing now. He believed, he followed Jesus because of the effectual call, and then he shares Christ with his brother Nathanael. With who? With his own brother and I want to challenge all of us. Are you sharing Christ with your brother in your family who doesn't know Christ? With your sister? With your niece? With your cousin? Are you taking Jesus to those people? And what did he tell him? Verse 45. We have found him. Now wait a minute. Is that correct? Is that true? Wasn't Jesus who found Philip? Now Philip is telling his brother, we found him. I want you all to understand this, what, what Philip was doing. Philip was able to say that to his brother because he knew that it was Jesus. It was first Jesus who found him. He's telling his brother, we found the Christ. We found the Messiah in the context of Jesus finding him. And from time to time, you and I, we say, you know, on the day and the time that I found Jesus, I hope when you make that statement, you make that statement in the context of Jesus finding you. I hope you, you don't tell people, I was the one who found him. Because that would be unscriptural. He found you. After he found you, of course he found him. So you can tell people, when I found Jesus, but make sure that you tell them I found him after he found me. Because he first chose us, he first found us. Ezekiel 34, 11, For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I myself will search for my sheep. I will seek them out as a shepherd seeks out his flock. I will seek my sheep. I will seek them, I will find them, and I will save them. And we have found who? What did, 
What did Philip uh, tell his brother Nathanael? We found him. Who? We, we find the Messiah, the Christ, about whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote. And I, I want all of us to understand this. Philip was thinking about the Old Testament. Philip was thinking about what the, the law through Moses and the prophets told him about the Messiah in Deuteronomy 18.15. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your brothers. It is to him you shall listen. This was a messianic prophecy. Uh, Moses was telling the people of Israel, someone who is greater than me, God will raise, he, raise, raise up for you, a prophet among you, the people of Israel, the people of God. And everyone should listen to him. When John the Baptist baptized Jesus, the, the windows of heaven were opened, and the Father said, this is my son, you should listen to him. This is what Philip was remembering. We found the Christ about whom Moses spoke in the Old Testament. And then the prophets. What prophets? Isaiah 9, 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. We found this king. We found this child, Christ, the Messiah. He understood the gospel. He embraced Jesus, the Messiah. Is that what you tell unbelievers when you share the gospel with them? When he found me, the Messiah, I found him. Now I bring to you Jesus, the Messiah. And then we come to Jesus seeing every heart. Because Philip told Nathanael, not only the Christ about whom the law through Moses spoke and the prophet spoke, but he also told him Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael was bothered. He was kind of offended. Because he, told, he said to his brother, can anything good come out from Nazareth? What are you? What are you telling me, my brother, Philip? If this was today, you know, Nathanael was saying to his brother, are you kidding me? Are you joking? You're telling me the Messiah, the King, the Redeemer will come out from Nazareth? Philip, are you with your right mind? From Nazareth, a city in Israel that was despised, rejected. Anything good can come out from Nazareth, Philip? And you're telling me the son of Joseph, the carpenter, the Messiah? You know, if Philip would say Jesus of Bethlehem, Nathanael would say, yes. But Nazareth? 
But this happened, beloved, so that the scripture would be fulfilled. Isaiah 53, 3 would be fulfilled. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. From Nazareth. So that this prophecy would be fulfilled in the life and in the ministry of Jesus. From Nazareth. So that everyone in the world would know Jesus saves people. Jesus brings the Messiah. God brings the Messiah from a place where no one would expect. This is the work of God. This is not the work of man. If, you know, the sending of the Messiah to the world was the work of man, we would have brought him from the palace in Jerusalem. But God the Father brought him from Nazareth. And notice how Jesus responded to Nathanael. Nathanael's reaction. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? In verse 47, Jesus said, A man without deceit, an Israelite without any deception, without any deceit. What was Jesus saying? What does that mean? What Jesus was saying was, I have been proclaiming the message of the gospel to the Jewish people, and most Jewish people, they claim to be God-fearers, they claim to be religious people, they claim to love God and obey His law, but they reject the Messiah. They are unwilling to embrace the Messiah as, as Andrew did, as Philip did. They, they just reject the Messiah. They are people with a double heart. But this man is honest, sincere. He's, he's speaking. He's showing us who he is. He's not hiding anything. He's saying, as far as I'm concerned, I don't think Messiah would come from Nazareth, but help me. Help me, help me, Philip, to understand this. I'm not rejecting it. I'm not resisting it, but I don't understand this. And Jesus said, this is an honest man in Israel. His heart is honest. He's wrong. He doesn't understand the gospel. He doesn't understand the way of salvation. He needs help. But he has no deceit. He's not a man with a double heart. This man, Nathanael, understands God's omniscience. He understands God knows everything. And he was just speaking what he had in his heart. That's why Jesus said, this man, this Israelite, is without deceit. And we come to my third point. Jesus also mediates between God and sinners. Notice Nathanael's confession. You are the Christ, the King of Israel. You are the Messiah, the King of Israel. Because he asked Jesus, how do you know me? How do you know this? How do you know my heart? 
And basically Jesus was telling him, I knew you before your brother Philip brought you to me. I saw you sitting under that fig tree, Nathanael. I know you. I'm God. I'm omniscient. I know the heart of men and women in this world. And Nathanael's response was, you are the Christ, the King of Israel. You are the Messiah. And Jesus told him this. Because I say to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? You will see greater things than this. And he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, Nathanael, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Beloved, be patient with me now. What Jesus was telling him was this. I don't want your faith to be grounded on the fact that, you know, and the fact that, you know, I am omniscient. I am omniscient. I see the hearts of men. But I want your faith to be strong. I want your faith to understand more things about me. So you will see greater things. What greater things? You will see heaven opened, being opened, and the angels of God ascending and descending. What does that remind you? Jacob's dream in Genesis 28. You remember the story? Jacob was tired and he slept. He saw a dream. And he saw a ladder stretching between heaven and earth. Heaven was opened. The angels of God were ascending and descending. And the, 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 the Lord said, Jacob in the dream, the Lord sat on the top. And the angels were ascending and descending. That was a picture of Jesus being the point of connection between God and sinners. Jesus being the only mediator. Hebrews 8, 6, but as it is, Christ has obtained a ministry that is much more excellent than the old as the covenant he mediates is better since it is, is, it is enacted or established authoritatively on better promises. Jesus, by his own authority, you see, Jesus was telling Nathanael, you will see the Son of God being raised from the dead, conquering the power of death and hell. You will see and understand more than uh, your God being omniscient. You will know who Jesus is. Jesus is the mediator between God and sinners. He's, he, I am the one who reconciles God and sinners. 1 Timothy 2.5, for there is one God and there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Nathanael, you will understand this. You will see this. You will see the risen Christ. You will understand the power of his resurrection. 
and you will know that I am the mediator. I am the son of man in, in Daniel 7, 13 and 14, where God the Father gave all authority and dominion and lordship over the universe. I am that son of man. And you will see that by faith. I will expose you, Nathanael, to great truths of the Christian life. You will see and understand who I am as the mediator between God and sinners. Beloved, is that how you know Jesus? Let me ask you this. In your life, have you sensed have you ever sensed that effectual call in your life? And have you followed Jesus? Are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? Are you the follower of Jesus Christ? Are you sharing Christ with your family members? Do you know Jesus Christ? Do you worship Jesus Christ as the only mediator? between God and man. The one who sits on the top of that ladder in Jacob's dream. The king, the mediator, the redeemer in whom you have your redemption. Let's pray. Almighty God and Father, Lord, thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. We rejoice in Christ this morning. We want to grow in the knowledge of Him, His grace, His instruction, His guidance, His love and care for us as the only mediator between God and man. Thank you for showing us more of Christ in your word. Help us to be like Andrew, like Philip, to bring those whom we love in our families to Christ. Lord Philip told Nathanael about Christ, and Nathanael said, Can anything good come out from Nazareth? And he said to him, Come and see. Help us to tell all our friends and family members, come and see, come and see, so that Christ your Son would, would found them. In his name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand together and respond to the preaching of the Word of God.